0: You're listening to The Shop Podcast, presented by Grey Goose Vodka. Whether it's a dinner party for 10 or a small kickback, you know the vibes will always be right if you're surrounded by your favorite people. And great company pairs best with a great cocktail. So make it a Grey Goose Martini cocktail. Impress your guests in style with an espresso martini or the always effortless classic martini with a lemon twist. No matter what you decide, everyone can appreciate the smooth, delicate taste that only a Grey Goose Vodka Martini can provide. For more info on how to craft a vodka-based cocktail, visit GreyGoose.com and remember to always sip responsibly. Uninterrupted. I
1: don't know how many of you have followed the Brittany Griner situation. Has everybody followed that? So there's a woman named Brittany Griner who's an amazing basketball player, amazing person. She was in Russia playing. The war broke out. On her way back, flying home, they said she had... Some amount of hash, which was illegal in Russia. And she is in Russia. We don't really know where. She's been there.
2: Over 100. It had got to be over, over 130 days,
1: days 100, yeah. something yeah. like that. The last text her wife got from her was, They're taking my this phone. Is happening. They're taking my phone. They're, they're yeah. taking me, and they're now taking my phone. Yeah. She hasn't heard from her
2: since. It's pretty fucked up what's going on. And and the NBA season has started. And she still... She still has not come back. She still hasn't come back. She's a superstar. superstar. I mean, we're star. talking about... We're talking
1: about... This
3: is the top of the top. This is this the this top. Is LeBron of the WNBA.
0: You being you, LeBron yeah. James, have you thought of like what... Like if it was you, you travel to Europe, you do these things. Like have you put yourself there in terms of like, man, what she must be going through what that experience I, must be like? I'm,
2: I'm, I was trying to imagine it and it's hard for me to, to even put myself into what she's going through like she's such a, a great human being a great person uh, obviously i've been in her presence a few times and you know you always feel like you know if you're from a certain place you always feel like, like they got your back and in, and in a sense like now how can she feel like america has her back like i would be feeling like do i even want to go back to america if i'm i've been gone over 130 days and, and i feel like it's been zero effort i'm still shocked that we haven't heard
3: more from the State Department. Me too. That's but, my point. And that we're not hearing this Biden. more often on the news or Biden. I mean, this is a significant kind right. of name in American sports. I know when it first happened, you know, there was some concern kind of like, could this resolve itself? Maybe being too vocal will actually cause more of a problem for her. But I think now we're recognizing that it's important for us to, to amplify our voices to, to make sure that people know about the situation.
2: As literally as it's grown day by day, it's like I can't not not say anything. And like, I'm just trying to get more and more people's ears, people's eyes and like more as as, as much support as possible. On this episode of Uninterrupted The Shop podcast, LeBron James, Maverick Carter, and Paul Rivera are joined by
4: Marcus Rashford. I was a United fan before I uh, started playing for United. So when I was about seven or eight, they started taking us to every home game. So you can imagine from that age to 18, till I made my debut, like I was was at every single home game. Daniel Kaluuya. We've
5: got to redefine what Blackness means to all of us. Do you know what I'm saying? And understand it's it's a new thing. Not a new thing, it's just like, get away from the like kind of white-centric definition of it, do you know what I'm saying, which is like, do your dish, your that, your dish, your that. And this is like a new thing. It's like, at the end of the day, if you're Black and not born in Africa, you're a new thing. And
3: Rashid Johnson. As an artist, I think that's really all you have is your taste and your sense of what's right and wrong. And you have to say, this makes sense for me, and I believe in it. And when you don't believe in it, it becomes really obvious.
5: Check it out.
1: How much do you hate Manchester United? Fucking hate them.
0: <laughs>
5: fuck them guys, bro. <laughs> fuck them guys, man, but he's cool though. He's cool. He bro. does cool things for the but kids. How but how lo- fuck you <laughs> look.
1: How, how long have you hated Manchester United from the from You know
5: what? It, it started, yeah. What did it start? I was at school and like I think I must have been 7 7 or 8 and I had a friend, ex best friend, who was rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why, yeah. We was rolling with his Arsenal, yeah. We was Arsenal, we was rolling and then the next day he was like i support man united i was like aj you can't do that and then i just i was just i was like six or seven i was like i disagree bro <laughs> so <then> like <laughs> i disagree with you like as a person i said i was like it's man united is the reason so i said fuck man united from so, there
1: is there any clubs you hate like that you like actually yeah. don't like
4: yeah liverpool
1: hey i knew you'd <laughs> <gonna> say that
4: <laughs> I, was gonna say I don't i don't like liverpool uh, so, uh, obviously liverpool of Hester. So it's more, it's a bit more bitter. But with City, it's like you don't like them, but you don't really have like a massive reason not to like them. You just grow up, and it's just two Manchester sides. One wears light blue, one wears red. But the rivalry with Liverpool is just it's, it's deep. Yeah, right. it feels much.
1: Marcus, you've been playing the club since how old? You've been at the academies. Yeah, what uh, you Yeah, six. Since, since six years yeah. old, you played for Manchester United. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's. And, and since you were six, you knew you wanted to play on the senior team for Man United, right? Uh,
4: yeah, like I was I was a United fan before uh, um, started started playing for United. So I remember when um, when I was about seven or eight, we st- they started taking us to every home game. So you can imagine from that age till 18 till I made my debut, like I was I was at every single home game. It's one thing to grow up seeing a club
0: like Manchester United from the outside. How has your perspective at all changed? Like playing, is it everything you expected playing for the club? Yeah,
4: it's, it's obviously a great feeling. Um, But like Man United back in the days, they've been successful for many years before, so success was like when you get it once, you get a taste for it. And you learn how to make it a, like a, a more of a sure thing. Um, whereas now, like since I've come into the team, it's been a transition period for the club, so there's net like finding stability has been difficult. That's why we have so many ups and downs. But at the same time, it's it's a club that is is rich in in history. So you're just st- like steadily trying to get that get that feeling back. Um, but it's not going to happen overnight. This
2: what do you think what, the yeah. what do you think the stability part changes? You think it's because like a lot of players go to different clubs and things of that nature, or is it like, you know? People from the upstairs, or how, 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 why has the stability changed? I think it's, changed? A, it's, it's a bit of everything,
4: to be honest.
1: Most it's, people say once Sir Alex left. Yeah, a lot changed. So they had a coach, he was there 25 or 30 years. Oh, yeah. Once he left, United's oh, been. That's, yeah, that's what yeah, stability
4: is. It, it changed, but the morals have, like, they've, they've worked hard to keep the morals the same. And I don't think they'll ever go because of what he what he done for the club.
3: So what is that about? Is that is that a culture?
4: That issue? absolutely. So does
3: culture so significantly impact how a team comes to success?
2: Definitely culture first, and then if you can blend that with the talent and the right pieces, it, it literally is the it's the gateway to being successful for a long period of time. I could go back to when I was drafted in at 18 and made my debut with, with Cleveland, you know, there, w- there wasn't any culture, you know, and that's no knock on anybody that was there or whatever the case may be, but there was no culture. And I felt like it was my job as an 18 year old to try to build the culture, which is kind of unfair, but it it is what it is, you know, to try to build the culture to make it seem like, or make it feel like it could be something special. But yeah, like, you just said it, like the culture is the number one thing. Fair or
0: not fair, do you love that pressure at this point in your career of like win or bust? I don't care about scoring title, I don't care about anything, it's win or bust. You think, do you like that
2: pressure? Yeah, I'm obsessed with it, with win or bust. And what all, what, what what makes me have sleepless nights is when you don't have everyone that feels the same way in your on your club.
0: That's the culture you were talking about.
2: Like, it's times where I wish I was like a tennis player or a golfer where it was literally like, look in the mirror, motherfucker, is you versus you.
5: Have, you. have you seen players like transition in terms of like not have that mindset and then actually halfway through the season or halfway through the time that you've been there, grow that mindset yeah, of like win or bust or yeah, you, can like, have, you, you can, can like think and you judge someone too early
2: essentially or well, something. Well, you can, you can have guys that come from different clubs and different teams and they've played losing basketball for years. Like, literally, I don't give a fuck who's on that, on that club. You can have Jordan, you can have Shaq, Allen Iverson, and Jesus Christ could be their coach. <laughs> They're going to lose. They're going to lose. It's like literally the culture. But you can get a, a player from a losing culture, and you can see literally in the first couple weeks if they really, like, want it or they don't. You can, you can, you can sense it.
1: That's a, also a great question for you because, like, because I read something where you've said you you've read a script that wasn't great, but like, fuck it, I'm gonna do it anyway.
5: Yeah, because I know I, I, a lot of times I'm looking at. Does the director know what it is? If the director feels confident about where it is, then I'm like, alright, cool. Then I can run it. I don't understand what's you happening. You can run it like I can. I can, I can do, do it because I I feel can, confident I can work that with the they, director, know, they know, and they want to grow it because it's not gonna be perfect when you see it. Do you know what I'm saying it's, it's like. Rarely you get a perfect script. The only time I've ever seen something like, okay, that's perfect, it was a get out. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind, of, that's kind of perfect. But people didn't understand what that was when you read it because it was like the guy from Key and Peel and it was Blumhouse. It wasn't what it would be now. I think it's more importantly knowing what you like. No, well, you're, if you're I know having what your I interest, like, exactly. I know what I like and I like it. I can always stand by it. You got it. So if it, does, if it doesn't work, it's kind of like the football and team uh, analogy is like, if you've got a bad editor, you're fucked. Yeah. So it's that thing where, like, all you can do is go, that's got the best chance to go to a certain place. I'm going to go there and, like, oh, this director chooses this cast and this kind of people. All right, cool. They've got good taste and they're going there and then you just hope for the best, essentially.
3: Honestly, as an artist, I think that's really all you have is your taste and your sense of what's right and wrong, you know? And you have to just lean into it. And, you know, in the end, you're on an island and you have to say, this makes sense for me. And I believe in it. And when you don't believe in it, um, honestly, it, it becomes really obvious almost to everybody. And I think there's lots of actors that we look to and we say, oh yeah, they're, they're good at this thing.
0: And then there's Daniel Day-Lewis, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Day. Who we say, okay. Obviously he knows when he's done, the movie's wrapped. He knows when he's done, he's won a championship hopefully. He knows when he's done, he's won a championship. How do you know when you're done?
3: It's really a great question, honestly, not until they come and pick it up.
1: Does work ever leave the studio that you wish you had five more minutes with or another day?
3: Not necessarily that quickly, but I may look at something that you have or that LeBron has and say five years later, I think to myself,
2: huh. Rashid, you better not touch my shit. You come in <laughs> your kind of, hey, hey, hey. Brother, Brother, you know, I come out the, the bathroom he's like, shit, what the fuck you doing with my paint?"
3: <laughs> I'm happy with everything. I never let anything out of the studio that I didn't feel incredibly confident. So there's about a point with
1: with the brush or with the paint where you go, it's done.
3: There's a point where I'm when I'm finished. You know it's done. Where I'm comfortable with it leaving. Yeah, and there's no way, you know, the thing is, and I love sports. I'm a big sports guy. I always have been. And I love how um, defined it is.
1: There's a finality. Because
3: you win or you lose. It's a wrap. One or the other. With art, oftentimes, I'm open to any number of ways of interpreting it. There are things you might hate about it that I'm happy to hear that you don't like about it because I don't like something about how you see the world. So I'm glad that you dislike this aspect of how I see the world, for instance. this is kind of push and pull of like what's good, what's bad, and how all of that functions. So let me ask
1: you another thing. Lots of white people globally are collecting black art. Do they actually need to understand blackness? Have you had to explain that ever to collectors or people? Buy, like they see the shea butter, the black, something like...
3: Yeah, I think in all honesty, it's not the responsibility of black folks to use their work as a teaching tool. You know, it's the, that sense of didactic, Are using, our employing your kind of cultural production as a way to engage, you know, a white audience is not particularly effective because at that point what you're doing is you're centralizing whiteness, right? Like that everything kind of lives outside of this kind of center subject where it's we just keep throwing things into the white ether and saying, "Do you see us? <laughs> Do you see us?" <laughs> yeah. right? And I don't think that that is essentially what artists should be doing. I think that We should be making work as if we are in the center of our own conversations, right? We should be- Put ourselves in the center. Absolutely. And it's not about saying, oh, you know, our hair is different. Come look at how it's different than your hair. You're in the center. Come look. It's like, no, this is my hair. Fuck you. It is what it it. is. Like, we're in the center. We're in the center of this conversation, right? right? And so if, uh, if, for me as an artist, my whole production has been about kind of Putting my narrative uh, and my version of blackness, whatever that is, because blackness is not monolithic, right? No. Like, of course, look at this, this room. This brother's from England. This brother's from England. I mean, like you guys are from Ohio. Uh, I'm from Chicago. Like it's it's more complicated than some folks try to make it seem. Whereas, and we 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 need the coalition build. We need to be together on a lot of things so that we can make positive change. But there's also Um, there's a beauty in the fact that our experiences aren't exactly the same.
0: One of the main goals for each episode of The Shop is to share and learn from the unique experiences of all our guests as we curate conversations with those who are shaping culture. What I've learned is that through the journey, you know, all the hard work, the hustle, and the consistency, it's always important to celebrate your wins. So do it in style and raise a glass to toast the unforgettable moments that continue to make us who we are. Toast to your wins with a Grey Goose Martini cocktail. Check out greygoose.com for smooth-tasting recipes, and remember, sip responsibly. The Shop Podcast is presented by Grey Goose Vodka.
5: I think we just got like, I think as a product of the internet, we've got to redefine what blackness means to all of us. Do you know what I'm saying? And understand it's, it's a new thing. Not a new thing, it's just like, get away from the like, kind of white centric definition of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Which is like, do your this, your that, your this, your that. Right, right. And this is like a new thing. It's like, and the end of the day, if you're black and not born in Africa, you're a new thing. Do you know what I'm saying? You're (laughs) one person, like this is a new race of people. We're making this up as we go. Yeah, we're all making it up, we're all not born in Africa, making it up. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like it's like it's like we are a different, like, and it's like if we realize that we have that in common, and we all have that in common because whoever it was, whether it's Belgian, whether it's English, whether it's like (laughs) went to Africa, did some fuckery. Do you know what I'm saying? So we kind of have it in that thing, we actually have a common through line. Between all of us, do you know what I'm saying, and understanding that that is what joins us together, and then redefining it for us. How, That's how's what that I feel?
0: factor in at all into like your work? Is the priority about blackness? Is it playing a different role? Your, your dialect, just yeah. My thing I've always is, i intrigued by that. I, I,
5: I mean, I always want to like I, I care a lot about us being seen in a certain light. For me, it's like something comes my way. I'm always thinking about, I'll, I'll, I'll pull up to wherever that person's from and get to know them so I can feel the stakes. So I go, so then, like, so I, when I was doing Judas, I went to Chicago. I just pulled up and I was there, like, I was like there. I was where Chairman Fred used to speak. I used to be there, meeting people that are there, talking to them. And I understand what he means to them, the people that are from there. Went to Maywood, went to the area when the people that are from there. Then I go, okay, so I'm doing it for them. You just think of them, going, nah, no, that's the film for them. How many takes for the speech? For <laughs> the I am releasing this Yeah. How many takes? Shit. I did that all day. Really? <laughs> we did that all day. <laughs> I was like, Wow. Fucking... You did it all day. I did it all, well, yeah. I did. No rest. It was mad. It was mad. It was nuts. That's, but that's... it was just like, that was a special day, man. That was a different
0: Yeah, I mean, that shit came off so the fucking way it. Is, powerful. You get to a
5: point when you're tired and that. It was got to me. It was Cleveland. I was tired and that. And then they were lifting me up. Cause basically it was like a scene partner, like the crowd was a scene partner. So then I was like, all right, cool. It's we're in dialogue. We're in. So then I had to get you in a certain place, so then I can hear it in a certain way, and then you feel it in a certain way. So it was all. It was like I would, I would keep going. I am. I, I, I wouldn't. I would just keep going until they felt. Until they felt damn, yeah, yeah. And then like, cool. Then start the speech. Just say, that's
1: so how on. a preacher preaches to feel that. Yeah. Can I get like some Take you on here? that rollercoaster. Yeah, 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 take yeah. you up and down and get the crowd. Yeah, yeah.
5: but then the, the, his son was on set. His son was on set. So that was another thing that was quite. And he never met his dad because obviously he got assassinated. Did like, you feel yeah. that
0: responsibility? I'm
5: crazy in responsibility. Crazy in responsibility. Cra- it was like, yeah, man, I did heavy. Very, 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 very heavy. But it kind of it sharpens you up. I've never felt like that ever in, in my career. I knew that day I was like, I did something there. Wow. But I knew I did something there because something else, something happened. It was like he was in the room. It was like some other shit. It was like I was like, something's happening. When I watched the film, I don't remember the takes. Wow. I, I went into a place.
2: It was like a it was just an out-of-body it's a great experience. Feeling. In the sports mode, Yeah, Did you get call, that in sports? We, I was about to say we call that being in the zone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You wish you can tap into that shit more often, Mm -mm -mm. you just, when it happens, you have no idea what the Mm -mm. fuck is going on. And you find new stuff Yeah, you you start doing new shit. you're just trying shit that you never even tried before, like silly shit. That game I had in Boston, game six, down 3-2, it got to a point where I was just out there trying shit, one leg off the wrong foot, (laughs) bump fades off, off my right shoulder, I'm not even a right shoulder bump fade guy. When do you know you're in the zone while you're in it? Like at what point? I mean, I mean, I think I, I, was, I started the game like eight for eight.
1: You don't know. You don't. That's his and, point, right? And every
2: time I was shooting, it, it just felt so perfect and, and it was barely touching the net. Like going straight through like a, like a bird just go straight through the water.
1: Can you see the other teams start to get defeated? Like, like, damn, nothing we can do with these
4: guys there. Yeah, because I feel like when someone's watching you, they, they know when you're, we call it lost in the game. Um, when some like when my brother's watching me play, he knows when I'm lost because he's watched me play all the time growing up. So like I used to get lost in the game when I was a kid, but I would never. I, I, before I even knew what that saying was, I was doing it. Like like it's a different kind of focus, and when you're doing it, you can't put a finger on it. But if I'm watching it, I can. That's it's like one study that hasn't been tapped into. How can we
2: tap in? To the zone. I don't know if you, can. you can't. I don't think it's the one thing that's
4: never. You can't. You, you can't. Yeah. I, I had one coach, um, and he used to say, put yourself in situations where you're not in. You're not comfortable. Oh, play yeah. outside of your comfort saying. zone. That's um, my favorite saying. How do you do that? I just learned to play in different positions. <laughs> oh. Like I started playing in central midfield and just positions of the pitch that I didn't even necessarily like. Automatically, when you're in them places where. It's not your speciality. Um, you get locked, it's a different kind of focus because you know that you have to be locked in.
1: And when you're in that moment, can you see the defenders of the other team like, fuck, we can't fuck with this guy today." It's
4: like an atmosphere, like, it's just in the stadium. Once you have that, like, are you constantly chasing it? Is it
0: something
2: oh, it's a drug. you're striving for? it's definitely a drug. It's definitely a drug. You wish the night never ends. When the game ends, I'm literally, sad. like, sad. Like I wanna go again. I can literally go again. I could play a whole game right after the game end.
5: Them kind of moments change you it. like it's like the like the zone or the loss in the game. It's like that moment, it's like it's the one of the big reasons why I'm so picky. Cause I'll have an amazing moment. Now it has to be that. I have to touch that. Like and then I look at scripts and I'm like, I don't no, I won't get there. I won't get there. Oh shit, I can't do those little jobs anymore. I can't do those it'd be a job because I I, I it's that now. Yeah. But it's not like for me, it's now it goes uh, the reasons I'm doing it. If I'm doing something for money, I'm never gonna get there. If it's just money, never. Never ever touch it. Ever touch it. I love that. But then if it's like I think because it story means something to me or I can grow or it makes me uncomfortable or I'm scared. If you more time is I'm shook. Do you know what I'm saying? Then I'll, you're more likely to get into that that zone. Do you look for that.
1: roles that you're scared like? Fuck, I don't know. I'm that's
5: the that's the that's part of it.
1: Yeah. What's your favorite place to play? Do you like playing at Old Trafford the best or on the road the best? And then on the road, which place do you hate going the most?
4: I love playing at Old Trafford because it's Old Trafford. Like it's got a special feeling and not many stadiums can recreate that. Um, But at the same time, the fans, I'm away fans are like sick. It's a special connection between like away traveling fans, like, if someone's taking that, that amount of time out of the day or out of you know two days to travel and wherever you go around the world to to watch you play a game of ninety minutes football, it means a, a huge amount. So Liverpool is like both. You love it, Haley. yeah. Like it's rough, yeah. Because scousers are rough. They can they can, the fans can take the game away from you. Like if you let them, they can take it away from you. Like I mean, my first game at Anfield, I almost got sent off straight away. Really? Yeah. And I don't even like. What happened? I'm not. I'm just a bad tackle, like. But I'm not a malicious. Like I'd never try and hurt someone on purpose. But like when you, I don't know. Like the warm You get excited thinking about it. You can see, right? Because it's just like it's that like what you're saying. Like you chase them types of them feelings and them fears, um, and they just they build you up like. That's the, the, is the, there
1: in basketball are there fans that you go play away that they can literally take the game from you? You can feel like them. The fans is not gonna let us win this one tonight.
2: Yes, I mean, I mean, what places? I mean, Boston.
1: Boston, yeah. Why, I know why do you the, why do
2: you hate Boston? <laughs> Cause they racist as fuck. That's yeah, they why. nasty. They will say nasty. they will say anything, and it's fine. I mean, fuck, it's you my life. It. I mean, she's been dealing it. with it my whole life. I don't mind it. Like I hear it. Like if I hear somebody like close by, I check them real quick. I move on to the game. Whatever the fuck, they are gonna say whatever the fuck they want to say. They might throw something on you. I mean, I got a beer thrown on me leaving the game. You know, like... Boston is, I mean, Yeah, Boston It's is, the
1: only place in the NBA in America you go yeah. and they have, like, shirts that say, like, fuck LeBron. Yeah, like, was like a, whole like a, sections. It was like it's
2: a like... fuck LBJ t-shirt. I believe they probably sold it at the fucking team <laughs> they, shop. No, they sold it
1: outside I, the arena. No, they, they sold it at the team <laughs> shop. I Celtics <hope laughs> has
2: something to do with that shit. I, I, so,
5: I, I, like, I, like, I used to, like, read, like, football autobiographies for fun. Like, so, I read... Zlatan Abramovic. Yeah. Is at a team, one of the older guys come to him and goes, he said something like, are you good? He said, I don't know. He said, um, when you are away, play away, do the fans boo you? He's like, yeah, it means you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. And that helps me when I get hate. Yeah, that's a fact. It sure. means you get a hate, because it's really and truly if, like, if you ain't good, they ain't caring about no, you, they don't, don't care. care. They don't yeah, care yeah. Like. Do you
1: feel that as a young player, have you, has it been a
4: while adjusting to that a bit? Um, not really, because like, like I said, I was so close to it, like I could see it happening. Um, to like the first team players when I was watching them. So you, you set an expectation from yourself like one day you're going to be in a situation where your, your fans love you, but other people's fans don't like you. And if you're not in that situation, then you're probably not doing something that you should be doing. That's a beautiful thing.
1: After the Euro, did that get overwhelming though? Um, because that was a bit different, right?
4: Yeah, it's, it's a different... Explain um, it. They
1: played in the final in the Euro. Yeah, that was wild. Against Italy. Tough game. It ended, was it nil-nil or 1-1? One, 1-1. One, one. One, one. Yeah. And it went, then overtime, overtime, and then they went to PKs. And unfortunate for England, the last three guys were black. They missed. And they got hate, yeah. they got like death pressure and they got out of hand.
2: got out of hand, got real out of hand.
4: Like, there's certain elements of sport that you can speak about all day and you never come to like a bottom line, like that's what should have happened. Because it's a sport based on opinion, so like I've had hate for scoring before. Like it might sound mad, but I, I have.
1: Do do you think it ever got you close to where you felt like breaking? Like, fuck, this is too much. Nah, because
4: I'm like, as a forward, you take risks all the time. Yeah, That's your job. Yeah, yeah, if you're not taking risks, you're doing something wrong. Do you think the hate would have been as insane if it
0: was three white young kids that missed
4: Honestly, no. Like, that's just the way I feel. I don't think it would have been the same, but at the same time, I don't think people would have like noticed like, I feel like they just reacted to how they felt like, and whether it's because it was three black guys or three white guys, that's how they felt. I remember when like, Beckham was getting death threats and getting... And he paid. was one of them, yeah. So it's like... They, it happens, but they just want you to win, like. Do you know what I'm saying?
5: Yeah, it's a, bro, it's toxic, my guy. Yeah, it is toxic. No, that's like, that's like, that's like yeah, I hear certain, you, but I felt for you, man. Like, I like, felt for like, you too. Because it's just sitting there, you're like... And that's why you get conflicted with supporting England. It just reminds you of being a kid in England. It reminds you of all them times when you're out, everyone, and then someone says something. So your son said, or someone's parents said something. Like, usually what fucks you up is adults say something to you as a four-year-old, as a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then it reminds you of that when you're trying to, you're trying to get closer to the identity of being English and that, and then that happens, like, oh yeah, there's this gap. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, because like you said, there's feelings, like people are pissed off and this is that and the other, but you instantly go there. So why did you go there? That means it's just there waiting. It was just that kind of, it just, it was a jolt of a reminder, of was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this country. It's why I was never comfortable in a pub like that. Yeah. You know I mean? As a kid or well, when yeah, I'm young. It's, like, it's like, why though. I can't go certain place. Like, mm-hmm. it was that. What happened with you lot? That's what it was. You still feel that way? After even winning an Oscar, you don't feel that's put
0: you in rare era, different space. You why still have that, that same.
5: <laughs> nah, bro. Like if I believe in that, that's when I'm in trouble. I feel, because it's like then you think that it's disappeared. You believe what this is gonna exchange? Like it's, it's not nothing to do with what you, we've achieved. Right. It's like there's right, nothing right, right, to right, do right, with like right. the reason why they're doing it is nothing to do because we've underachieved. It's like the reason, <laughs> the reason why they're because they've got something wrong with them. Please stop me there. I don't know, I'll go Oscar. That's am carrying it out of the window.
2: So
5: it's something wrong here. When you say, you know that saying, you've got to be twice as good to get half as much, or whatever. And I always didn't like that saying. Because I was just like, it's that thing that you said it puts the white point of view in the center of your lifestyle. So I said, I just wanna be twice as good because I want to be twice as good. That's what I want. I like that. you know what I'm saying? And I, I like excellence aspire for it, like going for it. It's not something that you're gifted, it's something that you have to work for, I feel. And so then, I know that this this Oscar, it, it's made the people feel away coming from where I'm coming from. Rash, you know, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't put my identity in any of these physical, material things. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm still,
2: like... Present. Had Rowley's whole thing, everywhere he's went, they won. They won. Either from when, either when he was playing in New York as a Nick, and we all know Knicks fans have been dying for a, for a championship here. Let's go! Baby. You know, on, you go. know that's that's too much. That's too <laughs> much. That's too much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Uninterrupted, the shot podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to the show. For full video episodes, check out Uninterrupted's YouTube channel. And for updates on new episode releases and exclusive behind-the-scenes content, follow Uninterrupted on social media.
0: You're listening to The Shop Podcast, presented by Grey Goose Vodka. Whether it's a dinner party for 10 or a small kickback, You know the vibes will always be right if you're surrounded by your favorite people. And great company pairs best with a great cocktail. So make it a Grey Goose Martini cocktail. Impress your guests in style with an espresso martini or the always effortless classic martini with a lemon twist. No matter what you decide, everyone can appreciate the smooth, delicate taste that only a Grey Goose vodka martini can provide. For more info on how to craft a vodka-based cocktail, visit GreyGoose.com and remember to always sip responsibly. Sip responsibly, www.responsibledrinking.org. 2024, Grey Goose. Its trade dress and the geese device are trademarks. Imported by Grey Goose Importing Company, Coral Gables, Florida. Vodka, 40% alcohol by volume. Distilled from French wheat.